Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Sometimes you're out on the trail and you get scared. I get it. It's true. But now you don't have to be so scared anymore, you know, especially if you're hiking in the Pacific Northwest or near your friends, because now you have Squatch Gogs. Squatch Gogs not only allow you to find Squatch and stay away from him, but it also allows you to see a glowing red glow around your friends when they're afraid of anything. So next time you think your friend Carl or, or Sam or Bill are afraid, throw in the Squatch Gogs and you're going to know the truth. Be one step ahead of the potential dead Squatch Gogs. Find them on Amazon. Guys, what's going on? This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who doesn't know what chaetophobia is. It is the fear of hair, and Carl has the fear of hair, <laughs> and therefore he got rid of all of it or most of it on his head. <laughs> Carl Mandrioli. Yes. Talking about phobias. <laughs> talking about fears today. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the top of my head has that fear. With me today is Derek Somerville, a man who believes you can't save someone from dehydration with an IV because it would all be done in vain. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's funny, but it's so bad. But it's so funny. Oh, I love it. I like I like the squash gogs. It reminded me I was actually out shopping. I went to uh, Sierra Trading Post to grab some some backpacking stuff. Yeah, and I I roll into the parking lot and there's a car kind of facing my car just across the you know hmm. the pathway there, yeah. and somebody's just kind of hanging out in the front seat and they've got binoculars and they're staring at me. That's awkward. And so I just was look. I stared back and I was like, "What are you doing?" I gave him the look like you're weird right now. Yeah. And then they kind of took the binoculars down for a second, and then put them right back up to their eyes. <laughs> do you so then, do you have uh, binocophobia, or or no? Is that, <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> is that fear of minty spray? Fear of oh. <laughs> binoculars. I forgot about that. Fear of being watched. Is it fear of being watched through binoculars only? I th- fear of being watched in a creepy way. Yes, that's kind of just through binoculars yes. though. So like if I did it, through this is a- not an episode on all the phobias. But I'm glad that you're prepared. Okay, we're gonna have, we're gonna talk about more phobias, but we'll get to other things as well so yeah and and just so you know the this actually this episode was inspired by mike from eureka california because he shared about he had this crazy irrational fear about sleeping in hammocks oh hemophobia about this yeah hemophobia yeah yeah it was more just like he felt like his body was exposed if some sort of an animal was gonna attack Mm, him and mm. i think he told me a story about where he had this nightmare that a bear was like coming up and trying to grab him and he like 
woke up the camp as a result of that. Mike, here's the problem with that. I think the bear, rather than like attacking you, is just gonna like play with you like you're on a swing set. You know, he's gonna push you, yeah, tease you, right? You know, I think so. That's the that's yeah. first step right there. You off from a power bar, and you'd probably be good to go. You know. Yeah, that's that's safe. That's the safe thing to do. There you yeah. go. Already starting on a wise foot. I like yeah. it. I was wondering if he was, you know, going to hammock camp in like the Everglades if he was exposing himself to some alligators who might think of him as just some sort of like hanging piece of meat burrito. Yeah, Bur- yeah. Burrito? So. The, the, the burritos hang? Did they hang burritos? Uh, this is a hanging burrito, so it's not just a regular burrito. Got it. Got it. That, yeah. That makes yeah. that makes way more sense. That's good. Yeah. So we're gonna actually hear from Mike later on in the episode because yeah. he has some other. Uh, things to get off his chest mm. that uh, kind of challenging us a little bit here. Bring it on. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we'll get to that too. Psalm 34.4, I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all of my fears. Huge. Yeah. Huge. This is the simple solution, folks, Huge. to all the fears we're going to get covered. Uh, simple, not necessarily easy, but the simple answer, right? So um, that's true. Compared to that verse, our tips will be insufficient um, to putting your hope and trust in the Lord, mm. but we're gonna try. I mean, do you still you you don't have your nightlight anymore, right? Or no? No comment. Okay, Derek, what fears do you deal with? Fear of being your friend. Um, mm. No, I think uh, some of the fears I deal with. I think obviously there's the obvious, like losing your kids or having something mm-hmm. happen to your family. Um, well, nobody wants that, but do you actually think about that? You actually have that fear? I legit fear that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I probably save their lives an average of, I don't know, five to ten times a year. So, yeah, there's that's a legit fear I have, for sure. Five to ten times a year, yeah. And Derek's not, this is not sarcasm, just because. That is legit. Kids. That is not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For those who don't know, he's got special needs kids where they they need him, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably my biggest legit fear, I would say. These are fears that we're going to be talking about that are that are not like what we just shared. We're just kind of more fear specific to you know hiking, camping, backpacking. And if you have these fears, or if you're newbie friends that you're going to bring or have brought have these fears, it's time to put them to rest, folks. It's time. It's put time. Them away. Yeah. Pack them. So here's here are my thoughts for the ground rules. All right. Um, what do people typically do in response to these fears? Mm. Okay. So we'll kind of address that, and then. What are the solutions that we come up with? Your solution, my solution. All right. Let's talk about it. All right. You throw, ready? Throw some at me. You get, you get the list. Here we go. Okay. I think we've brought a few of these up on our podcast before, but we haven't dealt like a, you know, specifically with this as an issue. Let's deal with it. Let's let's deal with the issues, my, let's, my friend. Let's yeah. deal with it. All right. Uh, freeze to death. Someone's afraid mm. that they're going to go on a backpacking yeah. trip and it's going to be way too cold and they're going to freeze to death. And so as a common response, they way overpack their clothes or maybe their sleeping bags rated to like negative 20 degrees and it's not even that cold. Right. So It's huge. Heavy. Yeah, so they way yeah. overpack and their their pack weight's probably an additional 5 to 10 pounds as a result. Maybe not that much, but right. you get the idea. 5 to 10 <laughs> What do they put in there? Is it a wet sleeping bag? If you have a heftier sleeping bag, that could easily be 2 pounds right there. And then if you're packing it's extra denim. clothes. It's a denim sleeping bag. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> wet. Well, I can't really say much. I brought a flannel sleeping bag. So yeah, you, that's you, possible, and that's really the theme for this podcast. You really can't say much ever because you know you've all you've done all these things. <laughs> I've done them all. So yeah, maybe maybe not ten, but I think closer to five. People would have a five or five. That, that could be heavier. Legit. Yeah, yeah, that could be legit. How do you deal with somebody who's like, I'm gonna freeze to death? I mean, now we are we on the trip? I mean, I've I've had a trip where I didn't think I was gonna freeze to death, but I 
my hands were so cold they were like nearly non-functional which is very well is this when you put on the dishwashing gloves no this is not this is not that trip um gotcha those were it was it was doable with that trip um i was surprised (laughs) that you you know what survived the trip with shorts on i mean that was that was impressive so (laughs) um we'll bring that up plenty more times before the end of the year um but yeah i think um if you're on the trip and you're worried about what, – what's the scenario? Like are we – is it before the trip? Could, it could be before the trip. So typically people that might be concerned about this, maybe you realize their pack is too heavy mm-hmm. and you – or that you just see that it's overstuffed with things and, and or maybe they, they just share it with you. So yeah. what do you say to somebody who's you – know, I, tr- I guess I try that? to insert a little bit of logic in there. Um, you know, okay. I try to try – to, Try to calm them down. I think I'd first start with like, well, let's, you know, let's review like what the weather pattern is usually this time of year. Like, is it is it going to okay. be crazy, random cold? Is it usually like 50 degrees, 40 degrees? What's the coldest it's ever been? Kind of put some yeah. logic in there. And then um, I think in that regard, you know, kind of maybe maybe it would help to go through some gear and, and go through the pack okay. and like say, look, uh, you got a parka here. You know, uh, it's right. going to be 50 in Yosemite. I don't think we need the parka. You're going to be in a tent with people. Your sleeping bag's 30 or 40 degrees. It's like you're going to be hot. So They're not going to have a 40-degree sleeping bag. They, well, if they're, they're paranoid, be, no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I think try to, like, lay all the facts in front of them and help them see rationally. Because to me, like, a lot of those fears, any fear really is, like, you're not always thinking rationally, and that's that's why you're afraid. So right. I think I'd start there. So I'm not going to get super specific with this, but I'm going to challenge you on your challenge. initial response here. And I think that you are going <laughs> to realize that my point is valid. Right. When you try to address somebody who's being irrational by inserting logic into the equation, it works most of the time, right? No, uh, <laughs> I think that is a good point. I'll read it. I think, but, but that's what I think, like if you're before the trip, it's not like they're on the trip and they're freaking out. It's right. Like, it's before. It's before the trip. Okay. So, so the fear might be irrational, but maybe they're they're calm, is what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe it's like well, let's let me just like I hear what you're saying. Like it's a legit fear. I want to like acknowledge what they're saying and validate right. it for sure because it's legit. But then I'm like, you know, I get that. Well, is there anything I can do to help you out? Is there anything we can like talk about? Like, yeah. How, what can I do? And then, then you go into the logic. Yeah. And then you see like what what can you do. So you kind of have to discern some of that, in my opinion. But. Good response, yeah. So Derek has an irrational person as part of his life, and I teach seventh graders. So that's the majority of what I do with every day. <laughs> you're an it's expert, irrational people. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you're a total expert. Do you talk to people about, like, you know, popping zits and how to stay it's, calm? It's a little bit before that for like most. That? Not for not for everybody, but for most, yeah. Like today, oh, with, really? like, a kid okay. was moving a chair across the classroom and just, like, whammed into a girl and he's a kid that's like trying to seek attention, and so I just mm. I was like, "Did you want to maybe try to be a little careful, or maybe apologize to the girl?" And he's like, "No." So what do you do with that? You're like, "Okay, cool." Deep, Go back to work. yeah, deep, deeper issues there. <laughs> just go to work. All right, just want to just want to clarify. Yeah. Did his did his name go on the board? Did he have like a check mark next to it? <laughs> on the board. Did you move his little fish down he's, into the red zone? That's like a uh, scratching the, the surface with issues. So so yeah, there. Oh, okay. Yeah kind of so detention okay kinda, got it yeah. <laughs> um anyway uh, <laughs> next one what do we got? yeah so that, so i think so my solution for this one is to if this is somebody who's who's typically like a newer person who has this fear i would try to go someplace easier that's maybe warmer that's kind of known for the heat so a lot of midwestern okay, backpacking right. in the summertime because they're not getting into the mountains you know when it's hot and humid there it's hot and humid wherever they're going in the midwest 
you know, or if you live in the south, southeast, you know, find a place where you can start there and then progressive, go to the foothills, then go into, and you know, so once you get kind of get over that fear, like I'm going to be outside, I'm not going to freeze to death, you can kind of continue to upgrade your, your trip, so to speak. Yeah, that's true. That's good. So next one is getting lost while hiking on a trail. So not mm. talking about hiking off trail, mm-hmm. but like, you know what? I don't yep. know that, you know, like, like I'm going to go out there. It's the wilderness. It's wild. I'm going to get lost. Yeah. So, so perhaps yeah. their response yeah. is to overdo it with Crazy. maps. Maybe they have multiple maps, multiple devices. Maybe they have like a printout of directions mm. or which this could be true for a lot of these fears. Yeah. Maybe they're just like so overwhelmed by the thought of getting lost. They just simply don't, don't go at all. No, you know, that's possible. And I'm sure it's happened. What do you say to that? What do I say to the the map freak uh, overcompensator? Whoa, whoa! <laughs> now you're calling somebody. Listen, map freak who has a legitimate irrational I don't fear. Care. A freak. I don't care what that. No, um, I think okay. if we're before the trip and we're talking about getting lost, I mean, look, getting lost is legit. Like I've been. Uh, there's there was a trip I was I was I wasn't lost, but I think uh, we lost the trail, so we had to figure out how to okay. trek off trail and all that. So. Right, and that's and that's legit. So I don't getting lost on a well-established trail. Yeah, you're not going to get lost while you're on the trail. Typically, it's going to be more that you lost the trail. Like well, yeah. Well, the trail was completely snowed over, and there was like multiple foot tracks going all directions. So okay, this is now we're not applying. Now we're not applying any keep of that. Going. Right. Keep, keep going. I'm going to I'm going to dig a hole bigger. Uh, yeah. So no, I think for for getting lost, I think it's like some prep work you could do ahead of time is to like understand like what are your exit routes of it like where are you wherever you're going is there are there exit routes that you can you know like if we're going to point a but along the way to point a there's these you know exit routes like halfway or a quarter of the way that you can loop back to the car and these are the mm. names of those spots that would be a starting point just to to understand like we talked about this before like understanding how to read a proper map right like you can have the basic 2d map but if you don't understand like the 3d map with the topography i mean that really gives you a lot of tools i can remember when we went off trail uh that one year and we were looking at the map we were all like three or four of us are staring at the map like looking at the topography like where's this peak where's this valley Mm -hmm. so if you're understanding and getting familiar with that type of stuff i think you're going to feel more comfortable too um trying to find like a uh, uh, an area that you can like get back to the trailer or or loop back to the beginning of the trailer or not yeah i don't even yeah i would say you don't even have to like understand the topography if you just understand like dotted lines yeah that yeah. come to like a dot and then right, right or left yeah. and matching that up with you know just trail signs and junctions mm-hmm. i think that that's where you start right yeah that, that's a good point too yeah if, if you have intersecting lines i mean yeah. you're gonna usually get a junction there so, so it's a well-established trail. it's not covered in snow but it's like a well-known well-traveled you can say crowded yeah. trail. I think that um, that is a, an irrational fear. But if you want to be sure to be safe, you can start with day hikes on local trails and just kind of get used to the kind of yep. how trails work, how junctions work, and then build up your confidence. And then go um, with a group. Maybe go with at least one experienced person. Some people might even go so far as to join our Patreon. Whoa! Group. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. And then maybe go on one of our Patreon trips, which is just essentially filled with trip planners. So that it's like right. filled with experts. Yeah. We never get lost, right? No, never get lost. Well, even our last yeah. trip, I mean, there was the signage was not that great at all. You know, there was right. there was a couple of junctions. You're like, should I go right? Should I go left? No, there were yeah, there was no signs. There was right? there was no signs on, except at on the one be- of the trails. Yeah, the beginning of the trail yeah. had a sign. I think that was that. That's yeah. all I saw. So yeah, it can so, be sketchy out there for sure. 
yeah. But I, th- I think it's an irrational fear, and I think that this is an easy one to overcome just by simple practice on the local trails, doing it out and back, you know? I'm going to mm-hmm. go in, I'm going to come back out the same way. Yeah. And then getting more confidence like, as you go. Yeah. So You do that just in your backyard. Like, I'm going to go out to my yard, come mm-hmm. back, and yep. try not to get lost. Correct. Yeah, that, that was... that was um, Mailbox. How I practice. That's Thank a big you. one, yeah. Okay, this one... So those are, those are kind of more beginner ones. This one... I think some people have this fear, even if they're more experienced. Mm-hmm. Some people have this fear and might even be afraid to admit it. And oh I could be talking about you. So we'll find there out. We go. I'm sure you are. Go ahead. Getting eaten by a bear. <laughs> uh, good old bears. Good old bear, yeah. So people are freaked out with bears. You know, I have bears in camp. I, I, I was doing my due diligence to get the bear out of camp, and I had somebody freak out at me who I was tr- who's trying to get the bear out of the camp. And um, people don't sleep. Mm-hmm. They panic at every little sound. I know people that have straight up brought right. guns because of bears. Unnecessary screaming? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Unnecessary screaming. Like w- when you squeal, you know, like when the deer approach our tent. <laughs> like a shuffle a in the bush. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> My Carl, it's just More a like deer. a whimper. Um, calm down. Calm, calm down. Um. Yeah, that's a that's probably one of the most common irrational fears. Yeah. I would say for sure. Um, I look at the bear thing as like surfing with sharks, and it's like there's a lot of people that are afraid of sharks mm-hmm. too. But like, I think the more you again, like the more you get familiar with that t- those types of animals and their behaviors, and understand like how rare that actually is. And what they're usually going to yeah. do. Like, wh- what do we talk about? Like, a bear's usually going to, like, snoop around, sniff. Mm-hmm. He's going to, like, knock some stuff over. He's not going to just, like, bum rush you and eat you, you know? Mm. So, if you're, sl- especially, like, what if you're sleeping in a tent? Mm-hmm. What, how many cases have you ever heard of where the, the where the bear just, like, went in the tent or, or slashed the tent and, like, took somebody out? I know that we talked about one situation like that out of, like, probably millions. I don't remember that so, one. Really? It was like where the guy was in his tent and the bear like oh, oh, grabbed oh, oh, oh. his head or something. Ago. Yeah. Now you, now you're freaking yeah. people out again. Now you're freaking trying people to out. calm them one. down. And you're like, no, 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 but it has happened where somebody's gotten killed. Listen, in the tent. It, it's yeah, yeah. He must have had something going on. Okay. There. So I think things to avoid the bears is like understand a how in general a bear will interact. Um, and like we've talked about, the black bears usually are very like skittish in general, right? They're not going to be like coming up to yeah, you not the not the sierra nevada ones but most of them you're right right if you're around grizzlies maybe that's a different story but yeah well i just said i didn't um, specify so this could be grizzlies no you didn't say that. so i think it depends where you are understanding the yeah. bears that you you potentially going to encounter okay. how they're going to react so uh i think that's step one but then there's the obvious stuff too like we've talked about a million times like don't be bringing your peanut butter cookies into the tents mm. and all this food in the tent right and near you and all this stuff it's just like asking for more somebody issues, who's so. going to be having this fear is probably going to be obsessive compulsive about making sure there's no food or smelly things in the tent i would hope yeah so. but so just to clarify so two out of three your responses you know just just think about it just insert logic into the equation <laughs> no. we're prepping for it we're prepping for the trip you know yeah. they haven't freaked out yeah, just yet, so yeah think... so let me just give you some stats here's some stats chances are low listen listen it's like you have a better chance of getting hit by lightning you know <laughs> that's carl's true. probably there's a better chance of carl dropping drink mix on the trail mm-hmm. than you getting eaten by that's it yeah that's, that's significantly more probably the most that's huge so what is your bear advice okay so if you if you're gonna go if you're gonna be fact fact dropping i'm gonna give you a specific one 
that is true for the Grizzlies. If you're traveling in a group of four or more, the likelihood in, let's say, Glacier National Park is mm-hmm. zero of an attack. It's never right. happened in a group of four or more. So, Why did I see you on that trip go branch off into a group of two three or four times? That was you know? that did happen, but not for me. Right. Not for me. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I was in groups of four, and you were part of the group of four. Thanks for remembering. Yeah, you're welcome. That was a, that was a good uh, tip we got about that, by the way. Yeah. yeah, that was a good tip. It didn't really work for everybody, but we tried. <laughs> we did. That's true. <laughs> so, and, and so that's generally true, I think, just outside of Glacier National Park as well. Yeah. But if you want to go more specific, I would bring bear spray. That can give you peace of mind. People don't typically bring bear spray for black bear areas, mm. but it does happen. And if that gives you peace of mind, bring the bear spray. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, people get, you know, like they might be concerned with what's outside their tent. And so if you really just want to know, just sleep outside. Because if there's a bear snooping around... You got your bear spray night right next to your pillow, yeah. and you can just kind of shine the flashlight, shine the spot beam at the bear, and say, mm-hmm. "It's time to skedaddle," and just spray the bear. Is that you say that actually to the bear? Skedaddle? Yeah, I would. How would you say it? Can they understand that? Is that How, what? What is your one liner to the bear as you're about to hose him down with bear spray? That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd wave something like a like a jacket at him or something. Wait, tonight's hold. not your night. Is that a good one? Tonight's. <laughs> I'll, I'd be look at that bear and I'd be like, "Not today." And then I'd spray him. Not on my watch. That's right. This is my yeah. mountain. <laughs> What's that movie? My side of the mountain or something? Yeah. Not, yeah. I don't nice. know if it has anything to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, yeah, typically people feel like that, you know, millimeter thick layer of nylon is a sufficient shield. And so maybe they, they find more comfort in that. But if you really want to know what's out there, like that's isn't it so. funny though, how the, you feel like the tent is like this titanium wall that can be like impenetrable, but in reality, yeah. It's just, yeah okay. it's I think funny. it's, I think it's actually more scary to sleep inside the tent with that, you know, with your rain fly on. Yeah, to be able to not see outside than to be outside where you can just kind of, like I said, you know, shine your headlamp or your flashlight, whatever. That's a good point. <laughs> All right, this is a big one. Running out of water, having like severe hydration. And I'm not talking about when you're going to the yeah. desert. I'm not talking like we have to pack the water yeah. in, which we had to do. What do you think on that one? What do you, why don't you start this one? What do you What do you think about? Well, well, I'm just gonna say. Well, the obvious solution for people that have this irrational fear is to way, way, way overpack their water. Right. 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 So well, you just bring big, huge bladders with you and uh, Nalgene's. No, right. A lot of Nalgene's. Nalgene's, um, <laughs> by the way, uh, half off at uh, REI this week. So go check it out. Clearance? Clearance. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I don't get it. You can't tell them? I mean, I'm going. I'm going to go get some. So. All right. Okay. So you want me to start this one? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead. It's fine. Is, it, is your answer going to be, just tell them there's going to be a lot of water out there? <laughs> I love how you're minimizing the advice. You're like, you know what? Just uh, grab some poison and rush. spread it at the Let's bear. just look at the map. All the blue lines, water. Listen, guys, <laughs> spread some honey on your hand and throw it at the bear. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, <laughs> That's your advice. Okay. How are you right. still alive? Um, there are so many trails you can do that are literally next to a stream or a river. So... Right. Start there. Maybe do a couple spurs for campsites just off the stream or river to start with. Yeah. Um, and the more you go, the more you're used to the mountains and you realize, you know, times of year and how common the streams flow in your area, this fear will subside. That, that's your advice. So, um, yeah. What, what, what was I saying to you one time? I said blue, blue is true, right? If you're looking on a map, <laughs> blue 
is water. And that's pretty not much like, always. <laughs> it's not always going to be there, though, right? Ninety nine percent of the time. Well, if it's Incorrect. like a lake or something, yeah, usually. But yeah, lakes good. Um, yeah. I would say all like, the lakes that we've ever visited have awesome water, right? Well, no, but it is doable to drink, as okay, Gravel Pit enough. taught us. So, I I would say look for the main streamlines. Obviously, those like on the map, there's those little like um, faded blue lines like off of a main river, mm-hmm. and sometimes those are dried out. But I would say stay close. If you're worried about that, stay close to a big river or, you know, make sure you're trying to, like, hike to, like, lake areas or something like that if it's, like, a huge concern of yours. But. Now, now I'm going give to you, give you a map question for you, right? Oh, boy, right. here we go. Yeah, so the, those faded, faded-ish blue lines that are off of a major stream Faded-ish. River. Faded-ish? Is that yeah. what I said or is that what you said? I don't know. That's not but even a word. Either okay. way. We're going down a good path. Here we the go. way that you described it made it sound like so it's kind of flowing off of the river. So it's kind of like just, you know, like a branch little kind little of offshoots. off of the main source. There's little offshoots occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is it more likely to be that or is it more likely to be a tributary feeding into? Mm. Oh, a tributary into the river? Yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely. But I'm saying sometimes those are dried out and sometimes we've been like, yeah, oh, there's that, those are the ones you're right that are, that, that are dried out. But it's more likely to be the tributary because it's, yeah, you don't usually have offshoots that flow down. Says the guy who tried to videotape a moose at, uh, you know, throwing distance range. So, right. That's relevant. Good, good, good connection. Good, good, good choice. Connection. Good choice. Thank you. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So blue is true. I like that. But blue is as. True. Yeah. And it's more true earlier in the season than it is later in the season. So more true in May. So we're talking. Yeah, I was gonna say springtime, right? March, yeah, April, then August. Right. But right. but it just depends upon how yeah significant it is. But I think yeah, following the lakes, going to an area that has a lot of lakes, that's a good start mm. there. Yeah. What area has like ten thousand lakes? You mean thousand mile lake? No. Thousand. I was lakes? thinking of Minnesota. That's okay. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Thousand Island Lake. Yeah, but that's that's a thousand islands, not a thousand. Lakes. Correct. That was. Okay. I got mixed up on that. I apologize. That's right. I got one. It's obviously we've heard of claustrophobia, but I, I was thinking about it as we went through these narrow canyon ways and uh, you know slots and all this other stuff. So you know maybe you're going on a backpack trip, backpacking trip, and you you come across something like this, and you're normally claustrophobic or you're worried like I can't get through this with my big pack and all this gear. What can we do, Carl, to prep somebody? Uh, maybe they know they're they're going to be in tight spaces ahead of time. And- in Canyonlands, I went with somebody that was this way. And so they what? were asking if there was any slot cans. I said no. There there was a crack in the, in a pretty large rock that we had to like climb through that was tight where we literally couldn't fit with our backpacks. We had to pass backpacks yeah. through. And I just said, this is not a canyon. It's just a rock, so it's not going to be you know. So she, so she wasn't as afraid, but knowing that she had that fear, like I agree, this is that's a legit one for sure. I pr- honestly, I probably like we're we're gonna get, probably go to like a place that has these canyons, and I probably would just say skip this this section if there's a possibility for that. Maybe I did a little research on yeah. this, like how do you like help yourself with claustrophobia, and some of the legit advice from Backpacker, I think dot org or one of the one of the backpacker sites was the first thing they recommended you do. No joke was to spend some time in a closet. Okay. Just practice in a closet. S- put yourself in a closet okay. for a short amount of time and just, you know, breathe or whatever you're going to do and, and, and just feel like, get used to that feeling and, and that you're going to be okay and all this other stuff. Mm. But, um, you know, some of the other advice was obviously study the route um, so you feel safe um, where you're exiting. That You know, yeah. like there's an exit to the other side of this situation. Um Go with people who are experienced, you know, things like that. Right. So. so are you, yeah, I don't know. That 
if I if I genuinely struggle with this fear to the point if I'm trying to overcome the fear I think that that those are good pieces of advice but if I'm just like I just don't want to even deal with this I don't know that I want to go in a closet I don't know that I just want to go on a trip that has slot canyons there's so many other options just don't go there yeah I mean there's plenty of trails that don't have anything like this like most of them like most of I mean you're in the great outdoors so yeah I mean I'm thinking of all the years we've gone I think that's this last trip was like the first year it's we've ever had something like that yeah and that was intentional because they're, they're, yeah, so. they're kind of fun but not for right. people that are claustrophobic so correct so stay away all right. from Capitol Reef Slide Canyons got it is there anything any other irrational fears in your list uh, looks here like you well just after hearing all this you don't have ergophobia which is okay. fear of work you did a good job and mm, you put in your you. time, so I'm proud of you there. Okay. Xanthophobia, do you have the fear of... Um, see, I think you have xanthophobia, which is the fear of yellow, so that's a lot mm. of times why Carl... This is note to self, guys. That's why Carl will go to the bathroom only at night, so he doesn't have to see it. You know, He's he's afraid of mm. that. So That's true. You don't have to see it. In fact, that's going to come up in the trivia, so good connection. Or if there's a field of yellow flowers he'll go but well actually you won't even know go near that what am i saying yeah yeah so stay, stay away stay away stay away from that so there you go right. yeah thank you for the for the list of fears appreciate that yeah um, just calling it out you know i think it's time for for mike to challenge us on some things here let's go so we're gonna get to that right after this hello this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hello, Adventure Buddies. This is Mike, Mountain Goat Mike, as Derek affectionately refers to me in the podcast. And uh, I am from Northern California, and I am not talking about the Northern California of San Francisco 
If you drive about six more hours north from San Francisco, you will get to the true Northern California up here in Eureka, California, Humboldt, also affectionately known as Sasquatch Territory. So I'm calling in defense of the Tupperware. You guys have made fun of my Tupperware a couple of times now. So I need to tell you that I do bring it on every trip. Uh, it goes with me like I, like I was telling you guys on the trail. The two servings of Mountain House or Peak or whatever foods that you're, you're buying in the bags, I can never eat both servings, so I've got to break them up, right? And I'm not going to boil water and stick it into a plastic freezer bag where it's possibly going to burn me or melt through. So I came up with the Tupperware. Why didn't I actually saw somebody else on the trail that had a Tupperware, and I fell in love with it, so I bought it. And it weighs about an ounce. Is he challenging you or me on the Tupperware reference here? Uh, probably me and subtly you. I don't know. Maybe it's the opposite. The, the first thing I heard was like, he can't eat two servings. Okay, Mike. Right. Oh, that's funny. You picked up on that. Mike, I've seen you. You can eat two servings. Okay. That's fantastic. Well, no, not in that way. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a strong looking dude. You can eat two servings. That's good. If I'm eating two servings, you're eating two servings. Okay. <laughs> But I get it. If he wants to be Mountain Goat Mike and be nimble on the trail, then maybe he's only going to do one. I don't know. My takeaway was it's... not being able to eat two servings. <sighs> yeah, I feel like that there's there's definitely days that I can't eat two servings, and it typically correlates with how hard the day is. So if it's been an easier day, I just, yeah, I don't want to even down, yeah. Sometimes I don't want to even, you know, pull a meal out. The, the snacks are sufficient. So I think it's time for Mike to up the miles a little bit, right? Hmm. Up the intensity, yeah. Is that what it is? You may have a good point there, Mike. You know, maybe just up to like ten to fifteen a day. Whoa, whoa, okay. Uh, is that too time. much? Too much? Yeah. Uh, he says the Tupperware weighs an ounce, and an ounce. One one of those things was an ounce. Yeah, I don't know how much the bags themselves weigh. So, Mike, ooh. Mike, don't lie to my face or my ears. I mean, I saw those <laughs> Tupperwares. Those were minimum four to six ounces. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. I don't think so. Don't maybe think three. Okay, maybe duty. three ounces. Yeah, it's more just the clunkiness of having it if, if you're on a longer trip, too. I know that he'll take some longer trips as well. Um, yeah. I think I think really what he's getting at is, is he's trying to legitimize the Tupperware, and he does, yeah, he, he thinks it's kind of silly for us to make fun of it. He ha- he definitely has some good reasons for bringing it. I still think trail Tupperware is funny, though, so. I do, too, but look, different strokes, different folks. I bring pajama pants and slippers, so right. I can't really complain. Right. So, yeah. Mike. So you're, so you're in the, so just in Derek's words, Mike, you're in the pajama pants realm now with the Tupperware. Oh, easily. Yeah. As long, Mike, as long as you're not packing in that canned tuna and letting it just sit for three days and then eating it on the third day, I'm okay with it. Do whatever you want. Just don't do that and break that out on the third day. That's all I'm saying. And then later on in the episode of 141, you guys are talking about bringing two Sawyer squeezes, not only bringing one, those horrible Sawyer filters, but you're going to bring two just in case one of them breaks. You want to talk about extra weight. That is incredible. I can't even believe that you would talk about bringing two Sawyer squeezes. <laughs> this is great. Did we misspeak on the Sawyer squeezes? Because we don't bring two Sawyer squeezes. We bring... First of all, first of all, I said I'm bringing two B-freeze, Mike. Check the tape. Two B-freeze. Yeah, wait, are you, are you personally bringing two? I would bring two. 
Okay. If I was worried, if I if I was worried about one breaking or something, that's that's what we were talking about, right? Oh, that's what you said. Yeah, the the squeezes are different because that's kind of that's a little more. They can be fast, but right. But I'm not. Bring, I didn't say I was bringing two Sawyers. I, I mean, you might do that. Yeah. I don't think I would do that. No, but. I what I was saying was we have like kind of our group filter, which is the Sawyer squeeze, and then we have some people are starting mm. to individually bring the B freeze, and so with our group, I don't. Right. I, I would actually agree with Mike on this one. I think it's overkill to bring two with our group because you have. You already have a group filter anyway. With our group, yeah. With our but group if you're 100%. talking about going solo and you just want to have a backup, because those things are so light, I think is that's. I don't know that you'd have to. You wouldn't have to bring a second bag. Uh, maybe you would, because the bags fail too. I don't know. What would you do? What, what, yeah, let's let's talk to this. If I'm going solo, I'm just gonna bring like two B freeze. That's it. With the with the bags, the squeeze bags too, or no? I don't know. I, if I'm going really far on a long trail, I'm, I'm probably just gonna try to. I mean, to me, waters. Nobody suggests bringing the bee freeze in a long trail. Everybody says okay. bring the solar squeeze. Well, then, yeah. yeah, okay, that's what I'm saying. So if it's a shorter trip, maybe I just bring one bag, but I bring, you know, two of the two of the main pieces. But if that's the case, then Mike, I agree with you. This is overkill. So, Mike, you are correct. Derek is overkilling the filtration and stuff. And this is all coming from people that are talking about losing their feathers out of their backpack. How do you lose your feathers out of a backpack? I don't even understand. You did. You misspoke because we were talking about down feathers, and you kind of instead of me- mentioning sleeping bag or quilt, you did mention backpack. The feathers coming out of your backpack, so that was just a miss. I mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, you, you did say that. I think you just misspoke, though, right? Oh, I misspoke. Yeah, no, they were coming out of my sleeping because you don't have Michael. a down backpack, right? If I had a down backpack, there's a big problem there. Although it would probably okay. be very comfortable. So. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You want to get heated up while you're hiking? I mean, if it's got the airflow thing in the back, then I'll be all right, right? But I don't know. Oh my gosh! No, okay. I well. uh, no. I meant the sleeping bag was slowly leaking out feathers, not the backpack. So. Right, right, right. You know, I am yeah, human, Michael. T- so I do misspeak, misspoke, misspeak, misspeak. Yeah, misspeak. we misspeak. We misspeak all the time on the show, and Regularly. sometimes we don't catch it till the editing process is it's just too late. So sometimes we do it on purpose just for the fun of the show. But I did hear you say that uh, you corrected yourself and said it was from your, let me quote, air quotes right here. Here they go, air quotes. Sleep bag. Okay, end air quotes. What is a sleep bag anyways? I didn't know that they made those things. I'm sorry, wait. Did we go back to 1985 with the air quotes? Is that what happened there? Is that? <laughs> I don't know if we're back. My, one of my, one of your best lines was was calling it a sleep bag. So what happened was, we were talking about this is like you know what to buy first when spending some cash, yeah. and you said sleeping bag, and I was trying to make sure I understood that it was bag, not pad. <laughs> and right. so you were so you're like, is it not a, called a sleeping bag? It's called a sleep bag. Mike, I said it right the first time. I said sleeping bag, and then Carl has a hearing deficit, so it caused me to second guess <laughs> what I said, and I'm like, sleep bag, sleep pad, like it's all I don't know. Yeah. Do you see what yeah. I got to deal with, Mike? Come- so just, 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 it's just time to set the record straight. Do we call it a sleeping bag or a sleep bag? What do you call it? I mean, uh, you know, it depends where you're from in the world, I guess. I, I call it a sleeping bag. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. Mike, Mike, you got to cut me some slack. Like you can see, you see who I'm dealing with here. So I'd be okay if you called it a sleep bag. I'd be okay with it too. It's easier. It's less effort, right. you know. And then after that, after we ate, we all huddled up in our tents because it was 28 degrees and freezing rain that night, borderline snowish. You guys didn't even notice that I had brought a three-person tent for two people. There is no mention anywhere of the three-person tent. The 
the three pound, three person tent that I brought with me for just two people. So Derek, you did not notice that he brought a three person tent for two people react. Listen, listen, Mike, listen. Uh, first of all, it wasn't snow-ish, snowy-ish, is that what you said? It, it was snowing. There was snow <laughs> falling on me uh, in, through the air. Um, okay. Second of all, when I'm... 28 degrees i'm not i don't care if you have a like a chicken outfit on like i'm not paying attention to what you're bringing when it's 28 degrees you could be walking around in a speedo or like a like a like a barney outfit i doesn't even i won't even pay attention yeah you don't pay attention to what people are wearing when it's cold outside earlier on this podcast you already pointed it out (laughs) well if it's you oh i mean i'm wearing the same tent so i'm gonna say you know i don't pay attention to anybody except for carl when he's wearing shorts (laughs) <laughs> and and to be fair, like he had his tent burrowed down the trail, uh, in some you know bushes. I think I went down there for maybe like thirty seconds and was like, "Yep, it's in the twenties. I'm heading back." So yeah, I did miss the three man tent. Yeah, so, we yeah. I, I'm it. with Derek on this one. Actually, I don't always catch what other people are bringing unless they're using it right in front of me. And I'm I'm I've, I don't know. My wife always claims I'm not being very observant. Like I'm like, hey, when did they? When did they put a traffic light in on this intersection? She's like, oh, like six months ago. I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. I'm, I'm not the guy to, to catch that. But it was good hanging out with you guys. Good talking to you. Thanks for making fun of me on the podcast. It's always a pleasure to be made fun of. It's all in good humor, I'm sure. So until next time, you guys, keep on hiking. All right? Bye. Mike, man, you are awesome. We really enjoyed uh, you come in on our Patreon trip, and uh, this, yeah, you're like the gift that keeps on giving. I don't call you, what did you call him, the mountain goat? He's like a, he's that, like a mountain goat. I mean, he's... He was pretty nimble with his 39-pound pack, for sure. He was. I, I, I think he's more like Tupperware Mike to me at this point. Tupperware so. Mike? You're going Tupperware Mike? Just know that his, yeah, his MP3 here and our res- re- responses were all in good fun. We we get along great. Uh, Mike was part of our you know Bible study that we had hilarious. over the course of last year. Genuinely yeah. hilarious and kind yeah. gentleman yeah. good dude and again like we mentioned before one of the best compliments you can pay to anybody is you know that you would go backpacking with him and i would go backpacking with him again i'd think about it probably before derek to be honest no. if i'm giving you a nickname like mountain goat mike yeah you're in i don't okay. know about tupperware mike that's like an insult but call it what it is it, yeah but it's kind of funny eh, all right i can see it okay all right so we've got some irrational trivia oh yeah Okay. Yeah. So I have some irrational answers in here. I think you're gonna pick at least one irrational answer. Is my is my thought here? All right. Because they're all like multiple choice. Oh. Okay. We'll see. All right. Got three. I'm ready. All right. First one. What kills the most people each year? Mm. Snakes, mm-hmm. bears, mm. or trampolines? <laughs> <laughs> Snakes, bears, trampolines. If you've watched a lot of America's Funniest Home Videos, you realize the danger of the trampoline. I do realize the danger. Are they dying or breaking? But I'm going to say snakes. Snakes is correct, my friend. Yeah, by a long yeah. shot. They are the ones. Um, not all snake bites are venomous, even from venomous no. snakes, but the venomous ones can do some damage. So if you're yeah. going to have a fear, that's like the the le- that's the most rational fear to have, I would say. Yeah. Number two, most campers don't go pee in the middle of the night. Because it's too cold, they're afraid, or they're dehydrated. <laughs> uh, they're afraid. They're afraid. Afraid to get out of that tent. Afraid to get out you of that tent. You think this is fear? Seriously? 
of getting out of the tent and going pee? I think for some people, yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, for some. For me, I, yeah, this is most, not for some. Okay. Well, for me, I I'm, it's probably too cold, though. Okay. It's it's cold is the bigger issue. There are definitely some cold, people that are yeah. afraid, but cold is a bigger issue. So, incorrect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number three, when you hear a strange sound outside your tent, it is most likely the wind, a small animal, or mm. a rock. <laughs> <laughs> rocks randomly moving in the night uh i'm gonna say the wind is my guess uh i probably should have described this strange sound really like 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 your rain flies I mean, blowing if, well what are, well yeah the rain flies blowing or you hear, yeah trees that's not strange rustling? you know what that is you hear the rustling okay. of the, the you know the leaves and stuff is typically like not very aggressive but if you're like a crunch okay well crunch then yeah i'm gonna say animal. yeah it's typically a small animal it's usually like correct yeah We'll, we'll, we'll get a point for that most Correct. of the time. Um, you didn't choose any of the ir- irrational answers, so you pass. Wow. I thought Whew. you might choose trampolines. That's what I thought you might choose. I I, I lean toward it. Um, you know, okay. we'll have to tell them the exclamation point story at some point. Uh, uh, we, yeah, that's not. We have not. Sh- I don't know if that if they'd find that as interesting, but we'll review that at some point. That, right. that was an irrational answer. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, that was good. Well played. Um, you have any tidbits for us today, or? I got yeah, man. It's I got you, a couple. Buddy, prepared. I got a couple. So uh, we we kind of revealed that we'd only gotten like one review in two months, and so then what did I do to incentivize reviews? What did I offer up, Derek? Freebies. Yeah, but what specifically? You don't even remember. Don't Thanks. I don't listen to you. Okay. The pot grabber. Oh, the pot grabber. Jeez. The pot. Don't, don't tell grabber. me people reviewed to try to get that pot grabber. We had one. In two months, and then when I offered up the pot grabber, we had three in a week. Whoa. Dang it. Why, Whoa. people? Why do you yeah. want this thing? It's horrible. Yeah. Well, I don't know that they want it, but it just, it just, yeah, I got some reviews. So I have more pot grabbers, by the way. So your your method is just, I'm going to offer my junk to get reviews and then It's not junk. People, people still use that stuff. Yeah. That pot grabber is garbage and you know it. All right. So uh, the only person that specifically mentioned the pot grabber was uh jenny l penny jenny l penny jenny l penny yeah is that like a... and her her title of the review was no cavities huh do you know what she's referring to uh i has to do something in one of her episodes do you know mm. you challenged me on who's more expensive and you asked me what kind of toothbrush i had and then oh right anyway right. so she kind of quoted that and she thought that was funny like so it. she appreciates it she's a girl scout backpacking leader from livermore california nice jenny penny thank you and then we had, um, but she specifically said, I think it was, she said, P.S. Don't send me that pot grabber. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jenny. Penny. Yes. That is great. Not, yes. Yeah. Thank you. So, and then another one, uh, knowledgeable and fun from Bem94566. Uh, he listens yep. to the whole family, but the key part of yep. his was that he asked his son, or his son needed some energy bars, and he picked out a bag of Snickers. Oh, yeah. Energy bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Find them in the candy aisle at any store. And then uh, Cerberus Dogma. Cerberus Dogma says, great episodes. Are you going to post pictures yeah. of the pack repair when it happens? The pack repair? Yeah. Oh, oh, like once I get it back. I think so. Uh, Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, they just told me. I'm glad you guys uh, wrote it. They just actually told me they got it, and they'll be working on it diligently. I'll be getting it back within like, I think it's like four to six weeks. So it'll be a while. And if they can't fix it, which is highly unlikely, then they'll send me an entire new pack. So, okay. 
But I put it in the washer. I mean, that thing is spick and span clean. So you put your backpacking backpack in the washing machine. Yeah, you have. Well, I have like mesh bags that I put like. Oh. Look, right. if you listen to certain clean podcasts, which I know you don't, right. then you can put like things like that in mesh bags, and it's not going to harm. You know, the I buckles, the straps, and all that stuff. Yeah, but it might wreck the frame. No, it's I would not. not put a backpacking backpack in a washing machine. You put it on the. Well, you're a baby. You put it on the. Uh, you put it on the gentle cycle in the okay. mesh bag, and it's it's fine. Please respond to this. Am I a baby, or is Derek pretty far off base here? Please respond. I actually don't know. The, I don't know which direction we'll go on this one. Any, so. a lot of, well, I mean, uh, there's a podcast called Just Ask Clean, a Clean Person. Okay, and that, and they're a backpacker. No, but they know about cleaning things with delicate okay. little parts. I would scrub it down with, yeah, outside the washing machine. Anyway. I'm sure that would work. So thank you to you three for reviewing us. We highly appreciate it. So, yeah, please reach out with your address, and we got some things. Not the pot grabber for Jenny L. Penny, and maybe the pot grabber for one of the other two people here and uh definitely some cliff bars coming your way as well as some other rando items from the random gearbox so uh last thing i got is don't forget to check us out on at backpacking and blisters podcast we are now on instagram and i'm trying to be better about posting on there i think i'm doing a pretty good job so we're up to like 60 something followers which is you know borderline somebody who has a few friends huge yes yes Get on the gram, guys. Follow it. That's all I got, my friend. That's glorious, and I'm proud of you. Uh, Guys, we'll see you next time. It's always a pleasure. Mike, thanks again for the input, even though it was off-base and ridiculous. I still love it (laughs) and appreciate it. Um, Guys, if you find Carl angrily stomping about the trail, he's probably lost his phone, and he's afraid of it because he has pneumophobia. We'll see you on the BNB next time. I want to fly. So, yeah, I was talking to Carl. This is every trip, and it becomes a big thing after, like, 15 years, whatever it is. I don't even know what it is. I was like, Carl, why are you scared after the trip? Why are you scared? We, we just finished, like, 50 miles. We're after the trip. Why are you scared right now? He's like, I think I have a blutophobia. I'm like, a blutophobia? What? What is that? Like, I just, I'm so scared of bathing when I get home. I, I don't know what to do. And that pretty much sums up the Carl man himself. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.